0: what's going on everybody leo cannell here with today's seven figures club podcast today we have a member who's actually built an eight-figure empire and his story is a fascinating one this is michael barayev how do do i say that
1: yeah you said it right michael
0: barayev okay so michael went from being kicked out of you know a bunch of schools when he was a kid he was in like eight or nine schools kind of a troubled team i always say it's way better to be troubled in your youth and get your stuff together in your 20s (laughs) then he starts knocking on doors and building a a little business where he's helping provide solutions knocking on doors and then he turns it into this massive eight-figure empire builds a team processes systems and now he actually teaches business owners how to do that so if you'd like to learn how you can go from being kicked out of school a troubled teen to unbelievably successful entrepreneur working with the top entrepreneurs and business owners building an eight-figure business, and doing it by learning how to do it by knocking doors and other things and systems processes. Today's episode is going to be one you're going to want to listen to over and over again and take a lot of notes. Michael, welcome to the podcast. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven-figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now, so
1: buckle up and let's go. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And just to kind of correct it, I almost got arrested. Almost got arrested at 17 years old, but guess what? They let me go. So I got, I kind of got lucky on that end, right? Like you said, you, you shouldn't get arrested in your later age because, you know, it's not good to have it after 18, but I got lucky on that one.
0: You know, I think I actually was 18 when I, I should have gotten arrested, and uh, fortunately, fortunately, did not. So that's, that's amazing. Uh, that's good. You get a few look, lucky breaks there, and then it's what you do with the lucky breaks. So let's start at the beginning. You know, Michael, uh, your childhood. Uh, a lot of people sometimes think, oh, entrepreneurs are just born with it, and they, they grow up in these great environments where everything's easy, and I think most successful entrepreneurs would tell you that's not true, but what was your childhood and upbringing like, and how did that affect you, you know, as you became the successful entrepreneur that you are today?
1: Great question. So, I mean, my story is kind of crazy because from zero to 19, I always tell everybody, zero to 19, I had a nightmare, right? A nightmare that I was kind of, I was always filled with fear because of that, Right. Um, But, you know, zero to 19, I was abused mentally, emotionally, physically. My parents went through domestic violence. I mean, the police department in our area, which was in Queens, uh, Forest Hills, they knew me as a number. My number was 8911 because that was the building that I grew up in. So kind of growing up with that kind of nonsense, I was kicked out of eight out of nine schools. One school kind of let me graduate, which was Forest Hills. Thank you so much. I always tell them that, right? And, uh, you know, just kind of I, – I, was, I wasn't I was a troubled kid when I was making you know, a lot of issues in the community, but I was just filled with energy and just angry, right? I was filled with a lot of anger, and I wanted to do something different. I wanted to change my life, and I always knew that I was going to help other people. I just didn't know how. So 18, 19 years old, I'm kind of like sleeping in my car. I'm in college. I, I don't even know why I was in college, which I don't even know how I got in there. Cause my mom kind of said you gotta go to school, make some money or whatever, and I just hated it, bro. I, I I was literally in a political science class, and I'm thinking to myself, why am I studying political science when I want to be a business owner? Because I always knew that the way to actually accomplish your dreams in America, you know, because my parents are immigrants, was the only way was to open up a business. Like working for somebody else was not the option at the time in my head, right? So you know, 19 years old, I'm sitting there in political science. I'm like, there's no way I'm not doing this. There's no way. I literally walked out of the classroom, and I literally consider myself a dropout. Of college. Right. And I was, you know, doing network marketing. I was doing sales here and there because of a uh, guidance counselor that kind of blessed me in that decision. And I was like, you know what? I need to build something for myself. But the, the challenge was nobody wanted to hire me. Nobody wanted me to work for that because I was the crazy kid that you would not want to bet on. So, you know, me having very little opportunities, I was working in the diamond district in the street, bringing in customers to different business owners, trying to figure out a way to make a quick buck. And somehow, some way I ended up in this door to door position, right? Which was crazy. And I took it from there. And as I was knocking on doors, I was like, this is so stupid. I'm making two, $3,000 a week here, which was awesome at the time at 24 years old. But I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Because if I don't knock on doors today, I'm not going to make money. If I don't knock on doors next week, I'm not going to make money. The only way I make money is if I knock on doors. So to me, that was a wild concept. I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way because I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which most of your listeners probably listen—you know read that book. And he talks about the E, the S, the B, and the I. So you got to X yourself out of your current position and start building a business or ha- or have some kind of investment where money chases you and time chases you versus you chasing money. So I started thinking about, okay, what if I actually build a team about this, right? And that's how the journey kind of started. But if for those people that think that success just kind of like arbitrarily floats around and says, here, there's a good person to attack. That's not the case. I went through massive amounts of failure, massive ridicule, massive criticism, massive laughter, massive hate to... To get a little taste of success, if you want to call it success, right? And and I don't and I don't want to say that it's because of me because it was all because of the team and because of obviously God because I'm just the guy that just was pounding it, pounding it, pounding it, pounding it believing in other people, giving them the chance to believe in themselves, so we can all win in that in that game of business that we call it, right. Amen. So so, so, that's, so that's how so I tell feel. Us, tell us uh, wh- now, where's your family from? My parents are from Uzbekistan. We were, we're not Uzbeks, but we're Russian Jews. So we immigrated okay. uh, from Uzbekistan because at that time in 1990, uh, you know, from like 1800s to 1990, Uzbekistan yeah. was kind of controlled under the USSR. 1991, Russia falls apart because I was born. Just kidding. Uh, but my parents came to New York City and we grew up in Queens, you know, and uh, and, you know, growing up just to kind of give you an idea. I did not know what steak was like a lot of the things that normal people have. I didn't have that. My parents wow. grew up on a like $12,000 a year. Annual income. In today's wow. money, it's $18,000 for years, not just like one year or two years, like for years. And, and it's just the story that I have. So whatever story someone comes from, it doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you're trying to go. Right. From Absolutely. zero to 19. I don't think about it. I'm only thinking about what's going to happen next week, next month, next year. I don't care what happened last week or last year. It doesn't matter. What matters is where you're trying to go.
0: Mm. Amazing story. It sounds very similar to Gary Vaynerchuk, where he kind of had an opportunity. He was in Belarus he got to come over you know, uh, to New York and and similar story, you know, for you and your family coming over. And so you come over and it's not easy, right? Your parents are trying to learn the language, I'm sure. They're trying to, you know, get accustomed to the, the different culture and the way things work here. And yes, there's freedom, but it's also there's it's very difficult to start to, as an immigrant. But the thing I love about an entrepreneur like, like you, Michael, is that when you come from you know, parents come from another country and you immigrate. There's just there's this there's this different understanding and appreciation of the opportunity 100%. that you have. And people in our country now, especially a lot of the youth, they feel they don't get the opportunity that like, there is no other place in the world where you can do what you've done and you are proof that the American dream is alive and well. 100%. So let's, let's see if we can unpack how you made this American dream come, come to fruition. So you're, you're doing network marketing. You're sleeping in your car. I mean, your life is not easy. You're trying to make some money, get ahead, and learn some skills. Tell us about the first uh, door-to-door job that you were doing. What were you selling? And what were the struggles?
1: Great question. So like I said, so from 17 till about 23 years old, I was in and out of the Diamond District. Now, for those of you that don't know what the Diamond District is, it's a street from Fifth Avenue to Sixth Avenue on 47th Street in New York, where there's like over 10,000 businesses that just focus on jewelry. Diamonds and gold. That's it. And that is one of the most negative blocks on planet Earth. And I tell you why. Because me as an 18-year-old guy, right, trying to look for customers in the street, and they called me a hawk, right? Because as a hawk, you're looking for food. So we used to be called hawks, right? There's a bunch of us out there that work for specific businesses. While every single employee worked for a specific business, nobody wanted to hire me. So I said, you know what, instead of me working for a specific business, why don't I just work for myself and just bring in customers to all these different dealers? And, you know, whichever one the customer wants to buy something from, I'll make money no matter what, because I found the customer. So going through that challenge, you know, you have people cursing you and trying to steal customers from you, just a nightmare to deal with. And that's where I kind of learned my communication skills, like how to deal with people, body language, Like you can see someone walking from like half a block away. And I already know that customer is going to buy today, or they're going to sell some jewelry today, just by the way they walk, just by the way they talk, the way they communicate. So that increased my, my perception on how to deal with, you know, and communicate with other people. So as I was doing that in and out, remember it was a very negative environment. So I was in a couple of months. I left a couple of months. I was, some days I'll make zero. Some days I'll make a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it can be just to kind of scrape by. And then somehow my friend calls me up and says, Hey Mike, I had this amazing opportunity for you. It's a great business. I'm like, what is it about? I can't tell you about it. What do you mean? You can't tell me what do I got to do? It's like, just show up to the interview. I promise you it's going to be life changing. I'm like, whatever i'll show up i trust him i'm like you know what i'll show up i showed up to the interview i didn't know it was a real authentic real interview i showed up in sweatpants and a t-shirt i had no idea because i was going to the gym i was like ah whatever because i never had a job remember so i show up to this interview and the guy's sitting there dressed up in a suit asking me questions looking at me in a weird way He's like you're here for the interview for you know for sales i'm like yeah yeah i'm here for interviews like how come you're dressed like I'm, like, oh, I'm going to the gym so I was very arrogant and cocky at the time. I didn't really need the job. I kind of just did the guy a favor, but for whatever reason they hired me. And it was for AT&T Digital Life selling home security. Okay. So I did that for about I did that for about 7 months and obviously the company that I was working for was a third-party the company that barely survived. Long story short, guess where I ended up back? Back back in the diamond. Like (laughs) that was my safe haven. If I didn't know where I was going to do with my life, I'm going to go back to the diamond district, right? Because to me, it was like I knew for a fact that if I was going to be there for a week and just hunting for food, I'm going to find some kind of food. That was like my mentality because I come from a very, you know, scarcity mentality, which is very scary. So then all of a sudden, a couple of months later, I see another friend of mine. Guess what he's doing? Time Warner Cable. He's doing sales for Time Warner Cable. I'm like, how much you're making, you know, how much you're making doing that? He's like 50,000. I'm like 50,000 That's a thousand a week and I'm like you're doing 50,000 you're barely working you're having all this fun you're always partying I'm like how you if he's doing 50,000 I know for a fact I'm going to do 100,000 cuz my goal was always to hit the 100k mark right So I'm like if this guy and I know I'm much more I don't wanna say smarter but I have way more work ethic than him I know for a fact cuz if he's making 50 grand and he's lazy I'm going to kill it So I end up trying to get an interview there and nobody wanted to hire me and I was I had to, I had to beg people to give me a job and I showed up to this manager's guys, you know, to this manager's office. I just showed up and said, listen, I am your number one sales guy. Give me a shot. He's like, I'll think about it. Two days later, I get invited for you know to, to work. And that was my kind of like my doorway into door to door. Because it was setting up table events for Time Warner Cable in New York in the winters and the summers, didn't really matter. And you had to sell cable and internet. Mm-hmm. So guess what I did? I went to what I know. I I tried to go to 47th Street, which was not my territory, so they didn't let me. So I had to go find a corner somewhere in New York City where there was a lot of action. And that's where my door-to-door kind of opportunity came in because I'm like, why am I sitting here for three hours, four hours, five hours waiting for customers to come to me? There's got to be a better way. I'm like, what if I go to all these apartment buildings and just start knocking on doors and making sales? And that's where the light bulb went. I'm like, instead of me waiting for people to come to me, why don't I just go to them? And that's how I got into door-to-door. Mm,
0: phenomenal. So let, let's uh, unpack this a little bit. So first, it starts out, you got to learn to communicate, right? You are on 47th Street, you're in the Diamond District, you have to go hunt these people down and figure out who is looking for something, provide them that solution, that jewelry, that diamond, whatever it is, and you can earn commission. So you're on a 100% commission job already which Always. is at a young age, and that's super important because I think so many people talk about, oh, I want to become an entrepreneur, but maybe you should try a hundred percent commission job before you even consider being an entrepreneur because that's where it starts. The communication's good, and you're learning body language. Like, how important is that? And obviously, it's been a little bit different here, you know, with uh with the pandemic, but we're getting back to it. And body language on Zoom works the same way to a 100%. certain extent, I'm sure. And so. Body language is huge, and and you're able to determine like if someone is a contender or pretender. Is this somebody I can work with, who I, who I can help, or or not? I think that's
1: that's huge too, that to be able to understand that. Hundred percent. I mean, you, you'll just you'll be able to like. Not only will you be able to understand. And communicate with people better you'll feel it like when you get so good like you'll feel it. you'll know when someone's playing games or not so you don't have to waste your time a lot of and to be honest a lot of salespeople. people you're an entrepreneur you're a salesperson right and a lot of entrepreneurs or salespeople, they do not know how to connect with other people they do not know how to relate with other people they do not know how to actually pay attention to the small little details to understand where is this guy coming from like what is his story what does he want Instead, people are so internal, worried about how they sound on the Zoom call or how what are they saying? Like, oh my God, instead of worrying about yourself, you gotta go outward and think about other people. And I think that's what kind of helped me out in the diamond issue because I literally did not care what anybody thought about me. I knew that I needed to hunt for food and I didn't care what I had to do. I needed food. And if, if I gotta go from nine in the morning till five o'clock at night and knock on doors, hunt, Talk to people. It didn't matter. For me, it was a mindset of what do I got to do to kill for food? And if you have that kind of mindset, I mean, you're just going to win. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the Diamond District, but you're going to win in anything you put your mind to. And you can just feel your energy, like the
0: energy and the passion, like people want to do business with people like that. That's why we see that the Jim Cramers and some of these other crazy guys, you know, on TV with the TV show that they just have so much passion. And so you've got to have energy. You've got to have passion. Now you're out there knocking doors. Uh, for Time Warner and selling internet and cable. And then what are the steps that you had to t- take to actually succeed and become a great door-to-door salesperson? Because a lot of people don't get, like, you're, you're cold calling. I mean, you're you're just reaching out to people. And a lot of people are just scared of, I'm not going to cold call. That's inefficient. You
1: know, They're not scared. They have big egos. Uh, That's what it is. It's I like it. Yes. You see, people have big egos. They're so worried and concerned about other people's thoughts. Instead, they should be thinking about what is it that's going to take care of my family and my future family. Instead, they're thinking about, well, what if the Johnson family sees me out there knocking on doors? Uh, What if they see me driving with, you know, a Honda versus a Mercedes? They're so concerned about other people that they forget to take care of their own life. And that's the challenge I think a lot of people have. Because remember, as you start growing in those levels of success, you start comparing your Mercedes to this guy's Audi. Me? I'm still driving a beat-up 2013 Audi because I don't care. And I got millions in the bank. I'm not trying to impress nobody. I'm trying to build my empire, trying to build my real estate portfolio. I'm trying to build my foundation for my children while everyone else is sitting there. Well, I don't want to door knock because, you know, I'm better than that. No, I'm not better than nobody. I'm hungry. I want some food. That's what I want. And in order to get food, you got to go out there and hustle. You know what I mean? So that was the mindset. So, And to be honest, your time on the cable fired me all because of this energy. This mindset was why I got fired because they said, Michael, you cannot go door knocking you have to set up table events and you have to wait for customers to come to you. I'm like, what? Uh. Like they just had these rules and protocols and all this nonsense. I don't want to curse in this podcast, but so much BS. And I was like, what? And then they found a way to fire me some stupid way with, you know, policy, schmalicy. So the next day, guess what I'm at? I'm in the competitor's office. I'm working for Verizon Fios now. That's the next day. Literally, they fired me on September 8th, September 9th, 2015. I'm in Fios. And I'm literally sitting there with the guy. The guy obviously hired me because I had experience. And that was what really changed everything for me because that's when I started making two, $3,000 a week. You see, in Taiwan and Cable, I was making 1000 1000 something. It was kind of challenging to get to that 2000 mark because of all the limitations. But once I got into Verizon Files and they gave me the opportunity to they said, do whatever you want, just go make sales. And that said, that's what everything unleashed for me. Now I started making two $3,000 a week on a consistent basis, not one month in and one week out, like consistently, because that's what it takes to create success. It's about consistency and about predictability. And that's what kind of really got me to start, you know, really changing my mindset and say, okay, if I'm making all this money as a sales guy, how do I X myself out of this equation? How do I go inspire other people to have the same opportunity like I have? Because I was like, I come from nothing. Poor. I never ate steak, never went to a restaurant in my life with my family Too now. I can actually go buy food, buy, buy steak, go, go out to you know eat with my family. Like I could do things. I'm like, this is amazing. How do I help other people do this? So I built a small little team within that company. So out of the 13 sales agents in that company, nine of them came from me personally recruiting them.
0: Wow. So, so you're so basically me, building this company. So amazing, yeah. amazing story. It's a progression, guys. So you get good at something. And then you're like, okay, now how can I leverage that? Everything I've learned, well, I'm going to build a team. And so you, you're an entrepreneur now. You're building a team inside this company, and 9 out of the 13 guys come from you. How did you find these other uh, salespeople?
1: Great question. Open your mouth. I have this right here. I don't have a 9 to 5. I have it when your eyes open. To when your eyes to when my eyes close my business is open 24/ 7 I'm always talking I'm always recruiting I'm always paying attention I'm always obviously listening but my business is open not from nine to five my business is open from 5 30 in the morning when I wake up till 10 p.m at night seven days a week so if I see people around me I talk to people that's how I was able to build my network marketing business right I was just talking to people when you when you just open your mouth and say hey nice shoes they're gonna say oh thank you where did you get them from? You should start having conversations with other human beings. Because remember, if you want money, guys, for whoever's listening, if you want money, someone else has it. Someone else has your money. Someone else has your life. Someone else has your, your customers. How are you going to get them? You have to open your mouth. So that's how I started to build my team. I started recruiting everybody and anybody. If they had a pulse, I talked to them. Now, you know, at that time, I didn't know you know, what was the difference between having an A sales team versus a B sales team guy, kind of guy. But that's what kind of got me into the game of recruiting now once i had 11 to 13 11 guys in that team i was like, guy i have 11 people that i personally no sorry nine people or 11 people at a time that i personally recruit i'm like this guy's making all this money off of them i'm not getting an override i'm not getting any commission i'm not getting nothing i'm just doing people a favor helping them out i'm like um, you know what i'm not doing business here because i asked the guy like listen let's do something you know some kind of compensation or something and they didn't have that kind of mentality. Their mentality was, well, we're shutting down this office down, and we want to move the office to the city to save money. And I'm like, you guys want to save money? I'm talking about expanding. I want to build, a, I want to build an empire here. You guys are talking about you, know, con- you know, con- con- contracting? I'm like, get out of here. So I left that company, and literally the next month, I'm building my small little team, and I got a contract with T-Mobile. That was the hmm. first time in 2016 where Michael Baraj now has control over his future now. I don't have to wait for someone above me or beside me to tell me what I can do. And that's the journey of Baraya Marketing. And that's how I was able to kind of build my foundation a little bit.
0: Unbelievable. So now you are building your own company, and there's a lot to unpack here. So, first of all, the management who you are helping build their damn company, you're the guy fueling everything. You know what I do when I see people on my team do that? I'm like, wow, let me compensate you. Let me put together a structure so that you're benefiting and we're all growing together and we're all winning together. And when you have that scarcity mindset, because clearly this is what this guy had scarcity, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. I'm going to say, and instead of worrying about growing and expanding, and living, they were, they were peace, scarcity, contract, save, you know, stretch the eagle out of the
1: corner. And that's just not how you grow a I business. Get, so, I very
0: unfortunate.
1: I didn't get a $1, and I didn't care about that. Like, I wasn't looking for compensation. What I was looking for was growth. I never cared about getting paid because getting paid is the worst form of compensation, in my opinion. The best form of compensation is growth and opportunity. See, if someone says, Michael, I give you 20 grand or I give you an opportunity, I'm like, give me the opportunity because the opportunity is worth way more than Mm. $20,000. And a lot of people, they settle for that $20,000 or $50,000 bonus or a paycheck versus jumping on the opportunity. So, me personally, I jump on opportunities. You want to pay me 100 grand, 200 grand? I was offered, when I was building my company, I was offered a million dollar salary to jump ship and go build another company. And I said, Mm. no, thank you. I was like, I'm not jumping ship for nothing. Because opportunity is worth more to me than a million-dollar paycheck, and that's the kind of mindset you need to have. And a lot of people, quite frankly, they chase the money, and then guess what? When you chase the money, you lose the money. Because money, you know, money's money flies faster than you. From what I've realized,
0: 100%. It does. And so you also mentioned some important you know qualities that i think a lot of especially a lot of people in their 20s and even in their 30s they're just not understanding and that's to stop caring what other people think to stop worrying about what so and so is going to think oh you're knocking doors and everyone's worried about their status well guess what the status that matters is what matters to be my goals and my dreams are way bigger than whatever anyone else's are so i can care less what they're thinking but i remember when i was in my 20s i didn't think that way and so Big props to you, you like for understanding that. <laughs> Big props to you for understanding that. And everyone listening, you need to stop worrying about what mom and dad think and, and all the family and all the friends and all the people you grow up with and start having your own dreams and goals and realizing, Am I, is what I'm doing today getting me closer to those dreams and goals? So now you are building your own team at this point. You just got a contract with T-Mobile. How did you land a contract? You know, young entrepreneur uh, some experience, but never had your own company. How did you do that? That is a
1: huge win. Great question. So at that time I was praying to God every single day. I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. This guy, got like, please like, give me something. All of a sudden I get a phone call at 8:45 at night from the, from a friend of mine. He's like, Michael, I have an opportunity for you to meet the two people that are in charge of giving out the T-Mobile contract. They're in the city nine 15. I need you there. Now look at my clock. It's eight 45. I'm like, crap. It takes me about you know 45 minutes from where I'm at. I'm like, I'll be there at 915. So I get into my car and I fly down the highway. I'm so happy no policeman was there that night because I would have been arrested. But I flew <laughs> to the city. I go to that restaurant, built a great relationship with them. The next morning, I'm in a conference, uh, a hotel room. with a, They said, how many guys can you get you know, into that meeting? I was like 10. I had no idea who to call. I just basically – I, after that meeting, I started calling everybody I knew, told about one in the morning. And I said, yo, I got an opportunity. I got an opportunity. I got an opportunity. And guess what? We had nine people that showed up, me being the 10th person. So mm-hmm. it's all because of God. And it's just me just putting massive action to it. And it just kind of like, I can't even explain to you. This is like a story you cannot explain. This happened. When you want something bad enough and you all you want to do is just win, somehow, some way the universe and God is going to bless you to win. If you want to win as bad as you want to breathe, you will win. A lot of people, they don't want to win. The idea of winning sounds amazing. The idea of becoming successful sounds good. It feels good to make money, but they don't want it as bad as they want to breathe. They don't, they're not obsessed about it. They're not like they're not, uh, they're not going crazy for the dreamer goal. So when you want something so freaking bad, trust me, it's gonna happen. How? I have no idea. That's God's job. I I don't do this. I don't do the growing. I do the sewing. I sow, God grow. That's it. And that's my philosophy. That's what's been helping me out for the past, you know, you know, couple of years, you know, that, that I've been alive. And people don't understand these opportunities
0: are out there and they're passing them by because they're not willing to hustle. And the one word that comes to mind when I listen to your story, Michael, is here's a guy who hustles. Here's a guy who if if you were on the African uh, Serengeti and you were a lion, like the sun comes up, you're out there and you're finding that uh, zebra and that gazelle and going after them, and you're doing it from sun up to sun down and you're getting plenty of food because you're willing to do it. But so many other people are waiting for the opportunity, waiting for this and God is putting those opportunities in front of you, but you have to take action. And guess what? It's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be easy. You're 45 minutes away from a 30-minute uh, you know, location. Well, dang, you're just going to have to be creative and get there. And then, oh, by the way, Michael, I need 10 people here on your team by tomorrow. Can you do it? Of course I'm going to do it. You commit and then you take massive action. 100%, 100%. And, and people aren't willing 100%. to make the commitment. They're not willing to take the action, but you were. Now you've got this team of 10 people. You're building your own brand, your own company. You're connected up with T Mobile. And now,
1: how are you managing them now?
0: How are you Great teaching question. them? How so are you like, learning how to do this that?
1: This is when the story really begins, right? Because when I had these 10 people, by the way, out of those 10 people, I was one of them. And two of them were my okay. younger brothers. They're twins. They're, okay. They were. What were they at that time? They were like 19, I believe. I was 24, 25. They were like 19, 20. So so, so they really kind of like came to kind of support me because I needed those 10 guys. So to be honest, it was about five to seven people that I kind of knew from the old team and then a couple of people I brought in, right? So we're starting T-Mobile, and it was a nightmare because it wasn't what I was used to because I was used to being a salesperson. Now I have to be not only a business owner but a sales leader. Completely Mm -hmm. different mindset, right? Now it's like, this guy has a problem. This girl has a problem. You're like, oh my God, you got to manage everybody. Plus I got to manage myself. Then I got to manage the business. I mean, it was a lot. Those first seven to nine months of me doing T-Mobile, I I thought of quitting almost every single week. Every single week, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Like, and I was telling myself that, but I'm like, no, Michael, you got to keep going. Like you got to keep pushing, keep pushing one week, one more week. And I just kept going through. And to be honest with you, at that time, money was like this. Because it's different because now I'm investing into my office. I'm investing into my people. It's completely different mindset. And I'm like, damn, Like, when am I going to get a break? And then all of a sudden, during those seven to nine months, this is the crazy part. I got a location in an office. Two weeks later, I get kicked out because my sales guys were too pushy selling everybody in the building. Because when I teach my sales guys, I'm like, you're going to sell everybody. If they breathe, you sell them. Because remember, we are selling cell phones at the time, right? So they're talking at like four floors of all the business owners because we were in a, in a green desk area in New York. And dude, that building sent me letters about, hey, you guys got to leave. You're not allowed here anymore. Your guys are too pushy. They're selling too much. I'm like, great. So two, I had to move out within two weeks. I go to a new location. My sales team is like this, scared that I'm going to you know, beat them to death. But I'm like, guys, I love you guys. We got kicked out and I love you guys because you did one thing right. You went out there and you sold people. I don't care if we got kicked out. As a matter of fact, we get kicked out again, I don't care. Two weeks later, we get kicked out again. I mean, I was pretty upset this time. I did care, but whatever, right? We got kicked out of two locations within three, four weeks. And I was like, what the hell? What's going on? What's going on? I'm like, God, please give me a break. So we ended up getting this 300-square-foot office in Queens. And at this time, I lost the T-Mobile contract. So I'm like, no contract. I don't know what my sales guys are going to do. My best friend at the time, a manager, he's like, I have to work somewhere else because we don't know what to do. Those 30 days, I'm sitting there looking for contracts. I'm just like (sighs) trying to figure it out because remember, I was dependent on one thing, and that was the problem. So I ended up somehow, someway bumped into an old friend of mine who was a competitor. He was a friend now, but at that time, he was a competitor of one of the old offices I worked at. And that's where things happen where you say, listen, I can get you in contact with Verizon because you did very well there. You're one of the top sales guys. Why don't you you know, do business with them? I'm like, dude, if you could get me to that door, I will suck your toes, please. And guess what? We got the Verizon contract. And then from there, which was in uh, May of 2017 till 2019, we went from a couple of guys till we went to 150 sales guys. And that's what
0: blew it up. I had
1: <laughs> two to right 150 I had in two the... years. Yeah, two and a half, two, two and a half years. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot. I mean, dude, the way that we grew, we, we ended up getting like five or six offices. I mean, it was just like, okay. it was crazy time, chaos. Like we had so many new people coming in. And at that time, what I was learning was how to build the right systems, how to build the right recruiting systems, the right training systems. Because remember, we have so many people coming into the game. How do you keep them, right? There's a lot of levels to success. It's, it's not mm-hmm. just, you know, taking a harpoon and just throwing it. There's a lot of discipline, a lot of diligence, and a lot of people don't want to do the freaking work. They just want to kind of open up a business, create a website, and then have everyone show up on their website. It doesn't work like that. I, till, that, till 2019, 2020, I didn't have a website. I didn't care about websites. That wasn't my business model. My business model was find people and teach them how to sell. Find people, whether they have the sales background or not, and teach them how to go hunt. I knew how to hunt. Let me teach these guys how to hunt. And then I started teaching them how to actually lead other hunters. And that was the next level of the game that really took it to, you know, to the 150 people.
0: hundred percent. So you start out by teaching a team and now you start to create leaders and now they can have a team and then those leaders report to you. So what was the process like for you to train each salesperson? Is it a lot of examples Is it a lot of role play? Is it like online videos? Like how did you train up 150 great sales guys
1: so in the beginning when we were in that small 300 square foot office it was very challenging and at that time I was like, guy right, I cannot be teaching everybody one-on-one that's impossible right my like guy impossible. so what if I teach my my trainers or the guys that are in my team that are you know seasoned how do I teach them how to train so that was a skill set of transferring and I call it equipping other people in my team to then help me so now it wasn't just Michael doing the training it was Bobby it was Joey it was this guy so I had a team of five to eight trainers with me that were now able to to duplicate what I was able to do. But then I was like, I well, if I teach it this way, he teaches it differently, and you know, Joey teaches a different way. I'm gonna have a confused sales force. So I have to systematize it all. So what we did was I focused every single day on building a training system. At that time, it was built on paper. Then we eventually, you know, put once we've you know made it a hundred percent juicy. We put it onto video, but, but the main thing was the system. You need to have the right systems in, in your business to start scaling. Otherwise you're never going to get to the levels of success that you want to, because yeah, you can make a couple of couple, hundred grand, a couple of million bucks, but to get to the bigger levels of success, you need to have the right team. I need to have the right systems in place. So that's kind of how we were able to, you know, build out those training systems. And remember it was every single day, not once a week. Like I hear some companies, they want to do sales training once a week or twice a week. My guy showed up every single day, Monday through Friday, we do sales training at a specific time, 10.31. You might say, Michael, why 10.31? I don't know, just crazy like that, I want something specific. 10.31 on the dot till 11.30, we're doing leadership training. 11.31 on the dot till 12.45, we're doing sales training. And that was the structure. I don't care if you wanted to go make sales at that time, didn't matter. Those are the two hours, two and a half hours of education time that is required for us to grow as a team, and if you don't wanna be part of that, yourself another company and that's how we were able to grow so fast because these guys were trained i didn't just find them by the way these guys came from the hood these guys had no sales background these guys were 19 20 21 years old they had no education some of them had like one or two one or two teeth it didn't matter we taught them the, the, the the success principles of how to create sales
0: Outstanding. So now, now we've got this team of, of dozens of people growing up to 150. We've got leaders, we've got systems and processes. And what is it? Because there's so many business owners who get started, they see some success, they have a small team of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people, and then they're never able to take that next step. What is it that they don't understand about systems and processes? And, and what are the opportunities to learn and, and work with someone like you and your team to actually be able to understand the systems and process you you have to implement or you're
1: just going to stay small and you're never going to get over the hump staying small is the most painful part you see owning a business and being small is actually more painful than you know you 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 it's just the most painful part. I can't even explain that. So when you're small, it's like, it's not worth it. It's not going to be worth it for you. For example, if your business does a million dollars and you only keep, let's say 200 grand, that's small. That's not worth it. Why would you go out there to go through all the stress through getting the debt? Well, you know, you don't need debt now because you have seven figure funding now. Right. But why would you go through all that nonsense just to make 200 grand when you can go literally go work for a company, make 200 grand, right? It's not worth it. So if you're going to be going to business, your whole idea is to, I want to make it big. I wanna make a lot of money. I wanna make a ton of impact. It's not just about the money, but it's also about the impact as well. And if you focus on those two ors, you will be able to get there. So when it comes from like a guy that has five or seven sales guys, if he wants to get to 20, 30, 40, 50, you have to understand one thing. Number one, you have to have the right vision. By the way, we teach this to all our students in our in, in our Baraya bootcamp on how to actually implement some of these things, right? So you have to have the right vision. Why would somebody in their right mind want to go out there and knock on doors? Why? It doesn't make any sense. So there has to be a big, compelling reason why somebody would want to go out there and knock on doors. So when you have a big enough vision where the team can see that, they're willing to go out there and kind of be uncomfortable to create the success that you need to create. Number two, you need to have the right leadership development program. All I focused on as the CEO was tweaking the systems and focused on leadership development. That's all I focused on. I didn't care about going out there and knocking on doors making sales at that time. My job was to make them better. My job was to, you know, make Joey go from a 5.0 to a 7.0, to make the to find out the 2.0 version of himself. Find out what's his dream. Find out what's his goal. Help him. And if I help Joey, then Joey can help me build an empire. So that was my concept. Instead of me trying to do it all by myself, I need to develop other people. When you develop other people, It becomes so much easier, right? Because, you know, I was sitting in my office after I developed all these leaders. I'm like, all right, now what? I had all this free time. See, being a business owner is not about being busy. Being a business owner is about being productive for the first couple of years or the first whatever it may be, grind it out, sweat it out, bleed a little bit. But then you want to have that freedom to do what you want to do. And in order to do that, you need the leaders. And the third thing is developing the right systems. Everything I do has to have a duplicatable system. If I cannot teach it to a blind monkey, I don't want to do it. It makes no sense. These one-off things are, oh, but it's a special situation. No special situation. Everything has to be a system. Because if I die, I want that sucker to be rolling in. If I go on vacation for two, three weeks, I don't want to be having phone calls with my team saying, Michael, where's the training uh, module? What do I do with this guy? I don't want those questions. I want the business to operate on its own. And that's how you build the right foundation and get to the levels that, you know, where we're talking about.
0: Mm, amen. So the three keys to growing and scaling vision that everybody understands, everyone's on the same page with. It's driving us. It's a big goal, it's a big, big vision. Number two, leadership. We're teaching people how to be leaders and to manage smaller teams that then report to you, the business owner, entrepreneur. And the last uh, but not least, I forget you got the vision, the leadership, systems Scalable and process. And they and it has to be McDonald's, right? We make the uh, the Happy Meal, the Big Mac the same way every time. No special exceptions, no confusion. 100%. But we do things the same way every time.
1: 100%. It's got to be simple, right? Remember, I was dealing with 19, 20, 25-year-olds. Like we weren't geniuses. I'm not a genius. I barely graduated. I barely made it through school. Out of eight or nine schools, so it had to be something where me or Joey can actually understand in a very simple way. Like I don't have this high vocabulary. I'm just a regular guy. Me versus somebody else. There, there's so many people that are smarter than me. But me personally, I can take complex ideas and make them super simple. And that's what kind of helps, you know, when it comes to building these teams out. So, you know, I wish anyone that you know listens to this podcast that they actually go out there and stop thinking. Just start doing like you can do this, man. I'm nobody special. I'm just a guy that, you know, grew up in New York City in, in Queens, New York, that barely made it. And, 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 you know, I got a chance from God. So you actually want, you know, if you want to create success, you just got to go out there and do it. That's it.
0: Amen. Michael, how can the audience connect up with you? And for all those entrepreneurs who are trying to grow and scale listening to this podcast, how can they get connected up with you and your team and be able to take those next steps, create those systems, processes, the vision, the leadership? Because just hearing, okay, this is what you do. Very different from actually being able to
1: implement it. Great question. So you can follow me on Instagram, Michael underscore arrive. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L underscore B-A-R-A-Y-E-V. And you probably have a tag somewhere, but I will – me personally, I will not have anybody answer. I answer all my DMs because I want to connect with people, right? Now, one day sooner or later when I get too many, I'm gonna start, you know, having someone do that. But you know, I personally right now are answering all the DMs. So if you have any questions and you want to know more about our program, just DM me on Instagram. And if you really don't know who I am, what about, it? just Google my name and you'll see a bunch of stuff out there. A lot of it should be good, some of it may be bad. I hope you find some bad stuff because if there's not a lot of bad stuff, then I'm not a real person. There's always gonna be good and bad. But I want you to follow me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Let's have a conversation. Let's see how we can get your business to the seven or eight figures.
0: Guys, unbelievable. I cannot believe he's actually letting you just connect with him. So Instagram, Michael underscore Bariyev, B-A-R-A-Y-E-V. Go DM him immediately on Instagram as soon as possible. And drink from the well and the fountain of somebody who is building an eight-figure eight empire. Someone who's scaled from zero to 150 uh, employees and salespeople. And this just is more proof, more evidence that you can do it, that you can create your own dream business. And he makes such important points because too many, I want to say 80, 90% of entrepreneurs, they stay small. And you're right. It's not worth all the risk and the headache just to make a couple hundred grand a year. And be a business owner like you need to scale up well beyond that and then have systems and processes in place where you're not getting that phone call at midnight. You can actually go on a vacation and know that your business is not going to miss a heartbeat because you've created leadership, vision and systems and processes to create that business. Amazing content by Michael. Michael, how else uh, you know can the audience give back to you with the amazing value bombs you've dropped today?
1: I appreciate it. Listen, all I really want, honestly, is I want to... There's two things that I focus on, impact and income. And me personally, the income is kind of taken care of already for itself, but I really want to make an impact. So if you could just message me and say, Michael, I love when you said X, Y, and Z, this changed my life. Because I get so many messages throughout the day, you have no idea. Oh, Michael, I remember you said this three years ago, and I actually implemented it, and I, I you know, created X, Y, and Z result. That to me is like it's like music to my heart because at the end of the day, you know, being in a zoom call, not being able to touch Leo and shake hands and hug him. Like it's kind of different. So I am so used to being around people and hugging people and high fives. Like to me, the most appreciative thing is just to see someone be grateful. And if you go out there and just create success for your family, that's all I really want. I want you guys to go out there and win. And for me, to create my success is just an example of how you can do it 10 times faster than I did it, 10 times better, because I can guarantee you one thing. Your listeners are 10 times sharper than I am, 100%. I am nobody special. I'm just Michael Baraya from Queens, New York, 8911, the guy who was never going to succeed, and you know here I am. So if you, I can do this, listen, there should be no reason why you shouldn't be doing this.
0: Amazing stuff, Michael. I think I've learned so much from this podcast and from just speaking with you here today. Thank you so much for dropping by, for sharing these amazing uh, value bombs and for just inspiring us. And and at the end of the day, there's two things that you should take away. I mean, there's so much, but but hustle and try to help people. Like That's that's what Michael's message is. Hustle, help people. Impact and income, baby. Impact and income. They come with it. They come with it. All right. Well, thanks so, so much, Michael. Everybody will see you on the flip side, but DM Michael immediately. That's Instagram, Michael underscore Bariah, B-A-R-A-Y-E-V, and take advantage of the genius and just the systems that it's gonna take for you to scale and grow your business. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit 7 dot com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.